Welcome to the Unafraid Podcast, hosted on the OKC First Podcast Network. I am Zach Lucero, and I am the creative pastor here at OKC First, sitting on my couch. Um, his feet are actually touched. They're not touching the ground right now, which no. is very surprising. No. He's not as tall as you think, but he's pretty tall. His name's John. John Middendorf. <laughs> Reverend John Middendorf. How are you doing? Uh, uh. Great. I've got I've um better now. I had to get underneath it. <laughs> That's weird. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, clear of the throat there. <laughs> got to get underneath it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I get what you mean. You got you got to get like, you know, you got to use your legs, you Yeah. Know? like lift with only your legs. Get low to the ground. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hey, uh I had lunch today with somebody taller than me. Who? Uh we'll Shaq. call him Shaquille O'Neal. Brian. Brian. Because it is his name, actually. Oh, Brian. yeah. But um, he uh, is a. Uh, we have a mutual friend, and uh, it turns out he is in the neighborhood looking for a church. Oh. And this mutual friend said, "Well, the church you're describing is pastored by this person," and so it was. It was great. But what was unnerving about it was that he's probably two inches taller. Than me. Yeah, it fits the Brad I'm thinking of. Then Brian. Brian. Yeah. Cutting that out. <laughs> Is that who you're talking about? If it's the Brad, I think it is. Crap. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm cutting that. No, let's leave it all in. No. It works. (laughs) Dang it. Already, man, that's how bad at names I am. I have already forgotten the name. It got really close, though. It starts with a B. Yeah, it did. Uh, I just added a syllable. That's fine. Yeah. But um, hey, John, I have an update to the game that we played last week. Oh, so, the football player, yeah, our, the, yeah. the best football player names. Football game. player names. Uh, I did get. Yeah. I did get a listener text. Um, okay. Yeah, we don't get these very often, but right. I did get a listener text. Um, first time, not long time. Uh, it's literally his first time listening. Um, it was his first time listening. It was his first time listening. Um, what has he been doing? I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> who really knows? But he he said uh, this is from listener Cam. Uh, K. KV. K K V, maybe. Okay. Right. Uh, it's actually Brad. So oh. <laughs> uh, he said, listening to the top of, of the podcast, missed some doozies uh, that I will attach now. Now, actually, now that I'm reading this, I don't know if this is his first time. I should I should confirm that. It just really seemed like a first time person, but oh. I've never heard maybe him talk to him. First time, long time. First time, maybe a long time, not first time, short time. There you go. Um, so I'm just going to read off. Uh, he, he sent me seven. Okay, so, I'll tell you what. After you read each one, I'll tell you whether or not it's made up. <laughs> I don't think any of these are. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, all right. Fair. Okay. You don't know if I'm lying or not. Okay. So uh, we're going to start with, uh, oh, he's right. You know what? I had this one written down, and I don't, and I used a different list. Okay. Uh, uh, ha Ha Clinton Dix. Oh, that's real. That's real. That it's is very real because it makes yeah. me laugh every time. Now, hang on. Wasn't the game... Uh, most football sounding name. That's true. It's true. But like, so let me ask you a quick question here. Yeah. What about Ha Ha Clinton Dix? Just screams football <laughs> to you, Zach. Here's here's how I'd answer that. All right. What other profession can you put him in? Uh, stand up comedy. Other than stand up comedy, because <laughs> <laughs> it really would be convenient for a comedian to have the name Ha Ha. Ha Ha. Yeah, it would. It would. Or yeah. maybe it's trying too hard. Or they're a prodigy. Either way. But haha, Clinton Dix is number one. Got it. And then uh, Greedy Williams, who played for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I kind of like that one because that's a he's a defensive back and that kind of, that makes sense. The yeah. defensive back is a little bit greedy. Yeah, real greedy. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> this one's so weird. Uh, it's a cornerback uh, who played for or plays for the Colts. Rock Yasin. Rock Yasin. Rock Yasin. It's rock, like how you'd spell rock, and then Y-A-S-I-N. Rock your uh, sin. That's what Jesus is gonna do when he gets say, off that cross. He's gonna rock your sin. If he if he wants to take up a a career in evangelism, that could work. Honestly, that that that's a good. That's like a good like uh, other part of this game. What if they weren't a football player? What would they what do? Might they be able to do based off only off their name? Based only off rock your sin is okay. a is a really good evangelist. Uh, <laughs> well, true. I'm not gonna pronounce Tua's full name, but Tua Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa. But like it's. You know what? Actually, I'm going to try and pronounce this name. Okay. Okay. Uh, Focus. Tuanigamanolalipola. That's that's literally what it looks like to me. It's T-U-A-N-I-G-A-M-A-N-U-O-L-E-P-O-L-A. That is too long of a name. So if he wasn't a football player, <laughs> he would be to a uh, what? <sighs> a bowl of alphabet soup. <laughs> <laughs> he has every letter for sure. But I don't like, know. is is there a point where a name is too long? Like this feels it. Like hmm. this this feels like it's it. Like what name is too long? Tuiasasopo. Uh, um, I did used to know. I don't know if it's still the longest word in the dictionary, but I did memorize the longest word in the dictionary at one what point. Was it? it was Nuomano Ultramicroscopic Silica Volcanoniosis. I used to be able to spell it too. Probably oh. could. Yeah. What is it? Something, you use it something to do with like, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where did you put my Nuomano Ultramicroscopic Silica Volcanoniosis? <laughs> <laughs> I was so, watching a popular, uh, well, no. Skip. Next. <laughs> You just want me to cut that yeah, out or just, just leave it? And we'll just, just beep it? Just beep it. Just bleep it out. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it has something to do with, like, when you inhale volcanic ash. Like, that's, like, the disease that you get from inhaling volcanic ash. Wow. Yeah. So, more you know. Yeah. I, I made Sounds up familiar. I made up for the Brad thing okay. with, <laughs> All right. with the most useless knowledge I've ever <laughs> had in my life. Unless I started to uh, explore volcanoes. So, DeBrickashaw Ferguson from the Jets. Yeah, pretty good one. Pretty good one. DeBrickashaw. Yeah. What else could a DeBrickashaw do? Oh, lawyer. Attorney. What about a Mason? He could be. DeBrickashaw. DeBrick. Right. <laughs> DeBrickyshaw. Maybe he's a Mason delivery person he would be the first attorney that didn't put his last name on on the uh on the practice it would oh, just be just debrickashaw well then it can be a cbs late night uh yeah not late night it's Man, just I'm like struggling dude what are you okay what's, what are we doing what's going on here we i don't know we're, we're still going i'm <laughs> okay, still making my right. way through this list john had some taco bell so he's just feeling a little yeah. heavy right now yeah. um oh this is there's nothing else he could do okay uh play for looks like cleveland Pork chop Womack. <laughs> pork chop Womack. Pork chop Womack. Old pork chop Womack. Old pork chop. Old pork chop. Because what else is he doing other than opening like a barbecue stand Seems or something? Seems to be like an old prospector. An old prospector. Old pork chop. <laughs> like a real, like one who's really bad at his job. Like, yeah. Like a lazy part or like prospector. Maybe he is the cook for a cattle drive. Yeah. 
but a really bad cook. Yeah, not a great cook. Not good at it. He's just old pork but, or, but he's he a good hand. A lot of facial hair on the sides of his face. Yeah, I, I feel like he has like uh bulldog pork chops. like bulldog jowls. Like bulldog jowls <laughs> with pork chop hair. <laughs> that's, that's quite a sentence. <laughs> bulldog jowls with pork chop hair. Bulldog jowls is the title of my next kids book. So, is it? Yeah. Um <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about this one. This is the last one that okay, he sent me. All right. Actually, I'm going to say this, and you can't laugh. All right. Buzz Nutter. <laughs> oh, no. Let's see. We're going to have to bleep that. We can't bleep that. No, it's perfect. It's his name. It's I don't his, know. It's that, his that's name. made up. I'm it's sorry. That one's, that one's made up. I don't know. It's a black and white photo, so it could have been. I mean, honestly, though, like they were, they had the Listeners, craziest names I back apologize then. for no. KV he, there. <laughs> He just wanted to see if it was say it into a microphone. Let's he say, got you. Let's say Madison Monroe Nutter is his full name. Uh, was Johnny Unitas' career center. So, Buzz Nutter. Okay. See? It's not getting better. <laughs> it's not getting better. <laughs> let's move on to the game that you had for today. Okay. I just, that, that's, that, we're just doing some cleanup work on that. So. Yeah. Uh, I have a game. Okay. Um, it's called Caveman. <laughs> Great. So, I'll ask you a question. <laughs> and you have to only you have to limit yourself to monosyllabic that that's one for one syllable for, for words actual cavemen out there to to answer the question that i ask okay okay all right okay okay let's do, let's let's do an example let's do let's do let's do an example give me okay a, just give me, an easy example give me give me a what did you have for breakfast <laughs> i drive <laughs> I don't know why I have to talk like that. <laughs> no, oh, no, I drive. <laughs> uh, for man, I can't say multiple syllables. Yeah, that's. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to describe a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, that's the example. Yum, yum food, <laughs> wrap, <laughs> wrap, <laughs> white bread. <laughs> Flat white bread wrap good flat, food. Flat white bread food. Um <laughs> egg pork cheese. I can't even say it's like from Mexico. Like I can't even say like a tortillas from Mexico. I can't say Mexico. A caveman a caveman would never say Mexico. From down south. From south. Um from way south. From uh spice. From spice land. From spice. <laughs> land of spice. From, from land of Hot sauce. <laughs> okay, so there you have it. Okay. Ready? Yeah, okay, wow. This is going to be difficult. All right. Caveman Zach, I'm wondering. Yeah. <laughs> what is the secret to a good marriage? <laughs> oh, my God. Mm, good question. No. Whoops. Wow, can't say it. Good thought. <laughs> That's very astute for a caveman. I really love that you're adding the. Uh... I, I you can't call the game cave, caveman. You can't call the name caveman, and then I don't talk like a caveman. Okay. Uh, I can't say listen. Can't. Oh my god. Uh, In a complete sentence, please tell us the okay secret to a good marriage. Good, good, good wife. Um, wife smile. When I careful here danger hear her, <laughs> okay, and know things. <laughs> I can't. I can't say listen well. Like I he, hear her and know things. <laughs> that's that's the key to happiness. 
happy marriage. And you can imagine that perhaps that's the way uh, it might have been discussed way back when, right? Yeah, absolutely. They they had really, really low-level... English, I'm sure. Low-level discussions on right. this. Right. So you like this game? Yeah. Uh, give, give me another one. All right. <clears throat> Zach, Caveman Zach, um, in your own words, uh, can you define eschatology for us? <laughs> Now, hang on. Is someone offended on behalf of cavemen? <laughs> I don't think so. You know what? Geico, cave, Geico, Geico cave, took care of this. Like cave the, person? Ca- <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any, but I don't want to get any hate mail. Cave from. person. I can't even say cave person. Um, I think Geico took care of this when okay, they did so their smarter than a cave. Wait, right. what was it? Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think it was smarter than a caveman and like the caveman took offense to it. Oh, maybe they didn't take care of it. Um, okay. <clears throat> uh, repeat. Repeat. Whoops. What? What? Uh, what? Uh, say another. <laughs> no. God. Okay. Not being able to say multiple <laughs> syllables is the worst. I think what you're trying to ask is. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to start throwing stuff around the room. <laughs> in, a, in a complete sentence, Caveman Zach, would you please define eschatology? what i know uh when i die what what i uh, know i can't say about (laughs) what i know what next when i die okay (laughs) what i know when I die. That's really good. <laughs> That's as close as I can get. <laughs> very, very Some good. Some middle schooler out there is like, wow, I understand eschatology. <laughs> and cave people. Wow, am I a cave person? <laughs> I didn't know Zach could speak cave. Has anybody ever <laughs> has anybody ever said cave woman? Uh I think so. Cave 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 woman? Wait. Cave did man, who cave say woman. It? Who's who? Well, not me. I can't say more than one syllable, but <laughs> Well, now I want to hit you with one. All right. You hit me with one. Um, okay. All right. Cave John. Yes. Cave John. Yes. Um, you go every year when it's not a pandemic to Estes Park, yeah. or the Estes Park consultation. Yeah. What do you guys do there? Okay. Like, what's the point of Estes Park? We eat good food, talk good noise, <laughs> talk God. And church, and how to church. That's really good. <laughs> God, you're so much better at simple stuff than well, me. Well, I, you know, I've been a caveman for a long time. That's right. You, you, you are older than me. Yeah. Um, I'm closer to the caveman era than you. So that's it would fair. Stand to reason, you, you really identify with them. That I would have a little bit more. You grew up writing on walls, so that's perfect. <laughs> See, I think this could be a fun game. I tell you what, it'd be really fun. What? Uh, if we had Tammy Wallace in here. Oh, she would crush this her, game. She'd crush this game. Like, uh, I think that would be kind of fun, too. <laughs> what's, what's the secret to... Cave what's, Tammy. What's <laughs> Cave Tammy. Um, probably closer to cavemen than all of us put together. Yeah, Tammy yeah. Wallace. Because uh, like, I would probably ask her, like, what's the secret to singing well? <laughs> Sing good. 
Deep breath. <laughs> Deep breath. <laughs> Can't say diaphragm. Mouth wide. Yeah. <laughs> Consonants. Oh man. Syllables. Um. God, that is a fun. That's, that's better. That's a good game. That's a fun game. That's a fun game. Uh. Yeah, uh, listeners, if there are any words that you would like us to dumb down for you, uh, oh, we wow. could we could do that. I'm, or maybe they have questions for our caveness. Yeah, or yeah, like uh, caveman John is at, he just left. He had uh, he had yeah. a, a mammoth to slay. Yes. Um, that's fine. Um, yeah. he has to provide for his family. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where caveman Zach is. He's probably just rolling around somewhere. But <laughs> useless, <laughs> just useless caveman Zach can't hunt, can't gather, <laughs> like can't build things. What is Caveman Zach gonna do? Uh, he can't do anything. Can't can't do a thing. Well, kind of a better, wimp. Uh, he could talk he, to his wife. Well, Caveman Zach could probably restart your rock computer. So um, that's about it. Turn off. Turn off. <laughs> <laughs> turn off and on. Plug out. Plug in. <laughs> Have you uh, do search for it on? <laughs> web <laughs> on machine <laughs> on the google that would be an interesting thing too to try to translate something into cave where you could have like a i think next time i'm going to come in here with a caveman definition and you have to figure out what he's defining oh that's interesting yeah okay. we'll, we'll reverse engineer some cavemanisms and then okay. you have to decide what it is because it probably yeah who knows but um but that's for next time john that's for next time because this time We've already done our game. We have. We have done our game, and you have to introduce who our guest is. Ah, love this guy. Representative Colin Walkie uh, has for several years now been a a good, strong voice in the Oklahoma legislature as a House rep. Uh, He has recently announced that he is not going to seek re-election, which is too bad because, again, he's he's been great, and he represents... This patch of ground that the church sits on, uh, Colin and his wife, Dr. Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, are good friends. Lori is the pastor at Mayflower Congregational just around the corner, and our two churches have worked together. And, and in fact, Colin uh, has done some mindfulness sorts of things here uh, at the church, and I think would like to continue to do that. But he's a good guy believes the same things that we believe about um, how faith can be embodied and has tried to uh, apply that understanding and insight to his work there at the Capitol. And um, he's just ready for whatever's next. But I think you'll really enjoy, you'll enjoy how smart this guy is, but there's a lot of passion in his voice too. I think you'll enjoy that as well. We are here with House Representative uh, of District 87, our district, our Colin Walkie. How are you, man? Doing great. Thank you for the invite. 
for pulling me away from the capital for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because it's a busy day, right? Like when you leave here, what will you go and do after this podcast? And I'll I told to you we'd have you out of here in two and a half hours. I'll sure. go to a committee hearing for appropriations and budget, which is the big committee. It's the committee that everybody wants to be on. And as a freshman, you're like, oh, I want to be on it. And then once you get on it, you realize this is the one that goes late into the night <laughs> and it has all the not fun bills. So that 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 committee hearing will take at least an hour, I bet. Okay, uh, I have known of you. I've known your your wife. We've worked together at several different um, projects and everything. Uh, first of all, what is it like to be married to Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie? What is that like? What's a day in the life of the pastor's spouse like? Well, uh, you know, I, I tell everybody all the time that I will ride her coattails as far as they will take me. <laughs> she is uh, far more fa- famous and persuasive than I am. In fact, it's mildly annoying for me as a lawyer <laughs> and state representative. I've never been asked to write or been paid for a speech, but she has. Uh, so uh, she keeps me in check and keeps me in line. And the reality is, is that you, you know how marriages are. I mean, it's one of those things where you either grow together or you grow apart. Yeah. And if you knew us early on, you know, she was raised a strict conservative Southern Baptist. Yeah. Um, I was an atheist. And uh, so we came from very wildly divergent backgrounds, but we balanced each other out. And uh, the fact that she has a heart and passion for public service um, is something that I truly admire to this day. And it's the reason why when she's working late nights, as you know, seeing parishioners in the hospital, whatever it might be, you know, I'm usually tied up and busy as well doing something. So it works out well for both of us. That's fascinating. Uh, You said atheist married a Baptist, Southern Baptist. How has that shaped y'all's faith? Right. So um, I do identify as a Christian now, uh, and uh, it's because of a guy named Professor Mike Thompson from Oklahoma State. And I won't bore you with all the details, but in seventh grade, I read Bertrand Russell's Why I'm Not a Christian. And I went, oh, well, this is logical, makes sense, answers all the questions that I had that couldn't otherwise be answered. Um, and I, because where I was raised, it was very belief centric, right? Um, and it wasn't until Professor Mike Thompson at OSU introduced me to the book, uh, The Meaning of Jesus by mm. Marcus Borg. And, um, oh, uh, right. Uh, N.T. Wright. N.T. Wright, thank you. Um, that I realized there's a historical perspective to this that answers a lot of those questions as well, the metaphors, right. the meanings. Um, and so I, I do identify as a Christian now. Um, I would certainly say that I have a more of a historical take on that. So yeah. um, that's how we balanced each other. And the same for her. A lot of the questions that she didn't feel free to ask and those sorts of things, uh, her going through a, a reanalysis of her faith and looking at it from a historical perspective, I think also helped mature her faith. Right. Yeah. That's right. really cool. Yeah. You guys met at Oklahoma State then? We did, but she has no recollection of that. Oh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a class together uh, and I was the pierced up philosophy major in the back of the room. And uh, so we, um, uh, in law school, I was a 2L and she was a 1L and I was on the welcoming committee and I said, hey, Lori, good to see you. If you need any outlines or anything, please let me know. And she looks down at my name tag and she goes, oh, hi, Colin. I was like, well, it's Colin. <laughs> Thank you. It's nice to see you again. So. That's how that came about. Yeah. Yeah. And she played basketball also at Oklahoma State. She played basketball at Oklahoma State, was Miss Oklahoma State. Uh, I'm not a sports ball guy, and so I've never seen a basketball game at OSU or a football game. So it's interesting that I married an athlete. So so you guys have never played one on one? 
We actually have. This is oh. funny, and I'll, I'll bring up a legislative moment for you. That's a, that's right. a funny story. <laughs> yes. So uh, you all are probably familiar with the Save Women in Sports Act, which mm-hmm. is the bill that says transgender women cannot play in sports with women. Yeah. Uh, and as part of my questions about that, I said, well, isn't this bill inherently sexist? The first time that I ever went into a jujitsu gym, a 120-pound girl put me in an arm bar. I played my wife one-on-one in basketball, and to my shock and surprise, even when I go hard, she beats me every time. I've never beaten her a game. Uh, to which the representative who was running the bill at the end said, well, don't worry, Colin, we'll find a sport you can win. (laughs) Oh, no. no. Okay, can you put a nasty rumor to bed right now? Yeah. Okay, so she went to OSU and she played basketball, but... As she entered into a marriage covenant with you, she she could read, right? All oh, of yeah. that. Okay, good. All right, just want to make sure. I just have heard so many. Gosh. <laughs> Boomer, is that, is that what's coming next? <laughs> oh, man. It's very good. Okay. Nobody refers to OU as God's country, I don't think. No, no I don't no, think so. I'm sure that's true. Um, <laughs> okay. Colin, uh, you are in the minority party. Yes. In the Oklahoma State Legislature. And that may not be even adequately uh, described. I mean, the super minority. Super minority. A couple of questions. What is that like to be in the super minority? And then, second, how does someone who's in the super minority affect change in our legislature? So I think it's important to kind of take a historical perspective on this because a lot of people live and forget about the history in Oklahoma and forever Oklahoma was a democratic state up until the early 2000s right. and that's when the trend began to change and so in the 90s I think it was kind of a low point for the Republicans and I think at one point in time they may have had 15 members in there and they were in a super minority and the reality of that is is that the minority's job is to hold the majority accountable. So when you're running bills, for example, this year to cut taxes, it is our job to stand up and go, do you not remember 2014? Do you not remember the teacher walkout in 17? Do you not remember the billion dollar budget deficit in 16? Um, And so it's our job to hold them accountable. Um, There isn't a lot else that we can do. I mean, we've been able, there's some procedural ways that we can kill bills that we're pretty effective at. We've been able to kill two bad bills this session through procedure. Um, But other than that, you know, it's really our job is to hold them accountable. And so when you ask, well, how do you work in that arena when you're not a supermajority, the answer there is, is relationships. So my best friend in the House is the majority leader for the Republicans. His name is Josh West. He's from Grove, Oklahoma. He got shot three times in Iraq. We couldn't be more different. And there's not a lot politically that we necessarily agree on. But the interesting thing for me to say that is, is that there's also not that much we disagree about, right? Huh. There are those it's mostly middle of the road issues. Like he may be more to the right on one thing and I'm more to the left on another, but we realize that he's not bad because he thinks to the right and I think to the left. It's just a difference of opinions. And so that relationship building. So for example, last year we made national headlines with data privacy legislation that he and I co-authored together. And the benefit of that was, is one, when he goes to his caucus and he says, I know Walkie's name is on this and he's a Democrat, but this is a good bill. They believe him. Also, because of my relationships that I've developed with the Republicans themselves, they feel like they can trust me as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important. And so those relationships are what allow you to do that. There have been several bills that I've been able to get through because I had to give it to a Republican and say, get this done. And they they do it because we work well together. Um, Whereas if my name were on it, it would probably die somewhere along the line, right? Right. Just because it's got a Democrat's name on it. So, So developing those relationships is key. And it's hard because if you're holding the majority accountable, 
That means that you're standing up every day and you're punching them in the face. And the consequence of that is they get annoyed, right? So you've got each caucus member, I think, has a role to play. So, for example, Forrest Bennett. Uh, he doesn't got a lot of legislation heard, but he stands great up hair, and he punches them. By the way, them. Forrest Bennett he has phenomenal. Hair. He does have phenomenal hair, absolutely. Hair. And as a bald guy, I am yeah. jealous as well. <laughs> and, and, you know, he stands up and punches them every day, and that's his job. And I'm, I'm glad he does it, but it inhibits his ability to get things done. Right. Um, but we all have different parts to play, and so that's kind of the, the lay of the land. I know it's been an eventful session, but I'm I'm wondering. Maybe there's been another moment that ha- you have found to be. I'm, I'm interested in the, the most exasperating moment when you wondered, "What am I doing? Like, should I not do- be doing something else?" But I'm also very interested in the most rewarding moment when you said, "Yeah, I'm right where I'm supposed to be." So I, I would say the moment that made me question why I was there was early on, the first two years, uh, when we were dealing with that billion-dollar budget deficit. I have a tattoo on my right arm of Sisyphus, uh, the guy pushing the rock up the hill in Greek mythology only to come back down. And there's a famous book by Albert Camus uh, called The Myth of Sisyphus. And he says in there, you know, you know, why do we not commit suicide? Why do we keep pushing through? And his, his response is, you have to imagine Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill. We had two special sessions during that. We really didn't have a break. Yeah. And we they kept putting votes up on the board that they knew would fail because they needed Democratic votes. And until they raised the gross production tax, they weren't going to get any Democratic votes. So that was very frustrating because it's leadership's job to cut a deal. And instead, they just kept put, you know, putting us up on bad votes after bad votes. I mean, there were more Republicans that voted for tax increases between 2016 and 2018 than Democrats. Um, and that's wow. because they kept making them take those bad votes. So that it was a very frustrating time because they were protecting an industry that didn't need protecting, in my opinion. Um, or at least um, they weren't. They weren't treating the same oil and gas industry fair, whether you were a horizontal driller or a vertical driller. So that was the most frustrating aspect, never getting out of those sessions. Um, The most rewarding, you know, it's probably nothing legislatively. It is those moments, and I might cry. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. It's all right. It's those moments where people come up to you and say thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... Like during the teacher walkout, there was a woman who came to see her rep and the rep wouldn't talk to her. And she came out and she had, you know, had three or four friends. They all had their poster board. And she was like, I, I just want to talk. Yeah. So that, that was probably it. It's not your fault. It's the couch. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> the crying the couch. couch. It happens yeah, every it time. I don't know what it yeah. is. Yeah. So. Can you do a little bit of civics education for us here now? Um, you now, because of the redrawing of the district lines, you now represent us. It was before it was Cindy Munson, and 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 now it's and now it's Colin Walkie. And by the way, we have hosted events for people from both parties, and we would be happy to host a Colin Walkie. Let's get to know Colin Walkie event here if, some, if that's something you'd like to do. Thank you. But what? Then does someone who represents this patch of ground on which our church and our facility sits, what what kind of impact can you make as a, as a legislator um, to the way to the quality of life here in our little ecosystem here around mm-hmm. in and around the church? 
Yeah, you know, I think that's a great question because a lot of people think it's kind of like the federal side where you go out there and you vote and you negotiate and you get these pork projects to right. bring back to your district. And exactly that's not the way after. it works at the state No, I'm really am looking for some pork right Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the road work being done out front. Right. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so the, the more realistic aspect is, is the job of the state representative is not only to go out and advocate the, for those issues that may be important for a particular church or community within their district, um, but it's also their job to help the individuals. So if you were to say, well, how could I help the church in particular, I don't know. There may be outreach programs that you all are involved with, Homeless Alliance, like you just mentioned, right. those sorts of things for which advocacy out there at the Capitol might get more funding or whatever it might be. Okay. But on the individual level, so if you just think back to the pandemic and all of the unemployment claims that were coming through, that were getting messed yeah. up, that were getting caught up, my legislative assistant and myself would work two or three hours every day on just ensuring those claims get done. Okay. And I think that what, to your point about civics education, I think that's far too few people actually contact their representative and talk to them about issues there if even if you think for example a driver's license well i go down and i get my driver's license uh, something happens and you know i don't hear anything well they keep calling you know the tag agency or whomever call your state rep mm. because your state rep is actually the one that can get to the right people and get you the help that you need okay. so i see my role as a state representative more on the individualized level than necessarily the collective level. Okay. Um, and, and so that's the way I see it, yeah. So if I were to say to you, uh, and Lori and I and other pastors, like Lori and I have helped to build uh, an alliance around here. We call it the Next Core Alliance, and, and that is the Northwest Expressway 63rd Corridor is what we're saying. So we have quite a few churches that it's Temple Benai, and it is all the way up to um, Epiphany Catholic Church. And so we all, it's really fun when we can get everybody together. It's really fun. But we got together because we were seeing such a huge increase in the traffic of uh, the unhoused, mm -hmm. but also a huge increase in the number of people who would call our, our houses of worship during the week and say, I'm desperate. And as, and as you can imagine, it only got worse during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I think... One of the things that we need in this neck of the woods, as it were, we we need some housing resources, mm -hmm. not only for folks who are unhoused, yes. And, and so many of those are people who uh, are or perhaps should be in recovery yeah. programs, but we need some recovery housing uh, and some reentry housing. Mm -hmm. My brother, having spent some time in, in prison, Reentry housing is tough. Mm -hmm. And there are some resources out there. It feels like, it may not be right, but it feels like all the resources that you need are downtown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I think that it would really help us here. So this, that's sort of a big thing. We, we need some, some housing resources to help the people who are really kind of emanating from our mm -hmm. addresses around here that, that really need it. We do have some some housing that we are we are acquiring a little bit at a time. Condos across the creek, and so the more specific ask, and if you can do this, this would be great because I, I, nobody else seems to be able to do it. But we need a bridge across the creek. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> who who does that kind of thing? Right? Like yeah. who needs a? It's not a driving bridge, just a like a safe walking bridge just across a creek. Like who who? Are, here's another opportunity for a civics lesson. Who does the pastor of the church call? to try to get some traction on a bridge that I think would, would really revolutionize people's access to resources. And we're going to have a rapid bus mm -hmm. a BRT stop right out here. Mm -hmm. Well, if they can just walk across that bridge, we'll increase the traffic flow to that BRT. Mm -hmm. 
who do I call yeah. about an idea like that? Yeah, so uh, two aspects to that. I mean, the first one is is that oftentimes people will call me and it's a city issue, right? And so I would respond immediately to that with, well, we probably need to talk to the city, city about that, right? Yeah. But that's but that's just it is I've got a great relationship. I don't know if it's James Cooper's y'all's. No, um, uh, it has, we're, we're up for election. It, it has been Griner. Okay, Griner. And, and so in that regard, you know, I can then call Griner and say, hey, what can we do about this collaboratively? Maybe it is the case that there's state resources for those sorts of things. It's just, you know, we, even this session, we're working on legislation for affordable housing, but most of that is directed towards rural areas and not necessarily urban areas. Yeah. And I've been on the city rescue mission board for a decade now. And that's one of the issues that we have is permanent supportive housing or transitional housing is where do you, how can you do that? Um, and, and put them back in neighborhoods that, that they didn't come from because that's the problem. Right. And so it is a realistic issue. And I think it's something that, you know, I'm more than happy to sit down and have a coffee with you and Mr. Griner and whomever else uh, to try and see if there's something we can, we can get done on that. Okay. Then I, I will take you up on that and buy the coffee because in addition, um, well, we have an after school program around here and lots of kids who are in desperate need of some, some literacy uh, coaching and training. And, and we could, we can help as many kids as, as can get to us. Yeah. But man, that Creek, you hate to, ask kids to come and walk up we need sidewalk up northwest expressway because cars are going 55 60 miles an hour so we need a sidewalk if they're going to walk but we need this bridge yeah that would keep them from having to walk yeah all right so i need to contact you and our outgoing city councilman so do i should i wait or well uh i mean it's probably worthwhile starting it now okay yeah i don't see a reason why not and also in the housing um, I've even joined other boards in the hopes of trying to figure out a way to be the squeaky wheel that says, yeah, we really need, I've even, I have taken people by certain locations that are abandoned saying, man, for not much, here's how much it's listed for. Here's the square footage. Like I've tried to put all I could into mm -hmm. their hands. So I need to do that with you and the city council person as well. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because you, you talk about politics and how this all works. I mean, think about it. I'm not a fan of TIFs, tax increment finance districts. It's what we've used to build up downtown and, and the Wheeler Park and all of that. And TIFs were designed to bring up blighted property to uh, increase their value, rebuild, et cetera. Well, this is the perfect type of area to right. do a TIF district to do that, what you're talking about. Right. So, um, you know, I think if there's a big enough push, and I think we can make a big enough push for these sorts of things that we could create a, a TIF district for this type of project. The MAPS isn't an example of a TIF. No, it's not. No, it's straight a tax increase. Okay. Yeah. Or, yeah. Tell us something we don't know. What is a, what is a, a largely unknown perk of being in Oklahoma? legislative representative wait there, are there perks yeah i think i might and they're unknown they're unknown <laughs> well perks. they may be unknown to me uh <laughs> you know i i certainly think one of the perks and, and this is this is a perk that um uh, is important is is the accessibility that you get by having the title um, it really annoys me when people introduce themselves as representative so-and-so. Um, you know, I, I don't introduce myself that way. I think people shouldn't care what my title is. But when I write a letter or I make a phone call and I say I'm representative Colin Walkie, they listen. Um, and so the ability to get access to that those power corridors is important. And I'd say that's the biggest perk that the average person really can't get.
So there's not like a, a capital coffee shop where you can get a, a break. <laughs> yeah, <there>. no. <laughs> and it's so funny because or... so many people think, you know, I even have friends that are like, oh, you, you're probably getting rich off of this and, you know, those sorts of things. And I remember <laughs> when I ran for office and, and I was elected and people were like, oh, this is going to be great for your legal career, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, people don't come see you because you're a state representative as a lawyer. It, it really, there's not the, maybe at the federal level, if you don't get rich, you're not doing it right. But at the state level, that's not true. No, I would yeah. imagine that it's costing you what would end up being billable hours yes yeah i mean that's the, that is the reality is that actually most of the legislators up there that are lawyers they're losing money and and also just to give a civics lesson and disabuse a lot of people they think that there's a lot of lawyers up there there's not mm. between the house and the senate i think there's nine maybe and out of those nine there's only like three of us that actually practice really law. yeah yeah, and that's a problem because we pass unconstitutional bills and bills that you know don't have the right language in them all the time because there's not led you know legal people looking at it. Yeah. Okay, I've got a legislative idea. Uh, you got something? Go ahead. No, you go. You go ahead. I really want to hear it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think if a bill passes the legislature that is obviously going to be overturned by the court then the bill's author ought to have to shoulder some of that financial burden. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, I, you I think yeah. somebody's actually ran that type of bill. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's not shockingly. You didn't get a hearing, but yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Colin, what are, you know, what are some of your passion projects that, that you're working on right now or stuff that you have in the future? Yeah. My biggest passion right now is data privacy. And so a lot of people don't understand what that means, uh, but they should. Uh, anytime you're on the internet, anytime you're on your phone, you're being tracked. And most people go, well, I don't care. Well, here's the reality. For anybody that's used Life360, the app, to keep mm -hmm. track of where your kids are, et cetera, guess what? They're selling your children's location data. But even worse than that, there's a great book that was just published called The Shame Machine by Dr. Kathy O'Neill from Harvard. And in this book, what she talks about is how social media enhances the shame that we have and that we use on people. And because of data brokerage companies, and for those of you that watch John Oliver, he did a great bit on this on Sunday night. Um, these companies aggregate their data and then they sell it so they can target you, right? Well, that includes lists of like rape survivors, of alcoholics, um, you know, mental health care. And so what you're doing is, is you're then, you know, inundating these people with ads for alcohol or something that might re-trigger that traumatic yeah. event. Um, and so data privacy is important. And what my bill does, uh, there's only four states that have laws in place right now. Only one of them is effective, and that's California. The other three will be effective in a year. Um, three of them are really weak. They're really, it was a race to the bottom. Amazon, Microsoft, everybody came in and said, hey, listen, let's pass the weakest data privacy laws possible so we can keep doing what we're doing, but politicians can say they did something. Right. So what Josh West and I did was we ran a bill that said, before you can collect our data and before you can sell it, you have to get our permission. And the state chamber, Amazon, everybody came in and lobbied against it and we're trying to kill it. And our response was, it's really simple. When you download an app on your phone, it says, can we track you? Right, And most people click no or track only while using the app. That's all you have to do before you can track us online. It's not rocket science. Right. Uh, but it was, I haven't seen a lobbying effort like that in a long time on a bill because it's a $200 billion a year industry. And Facebook just lost $10 billion worth of ad revenue as a result of Apple going to opt in in their app store. 
And my, you know, people who are like, oh, well, you know, that's $10 billion in profits. I'm like, yeah, I've stolen profits because that's my data. It's like me stealing somebody's car and then being upset I didn't sell it for what it was worth. It wasn't yeah. yours in the first place. Right. Right. So that's that's my passion project because I truly believe that it is the most important issue facing us right now because that is what skews elections. That's what uh, spreads yes. misinformation. That's what spreads hate speech. And so unless and until we can control our data, we're going to continue to be manipulated and exploited. Like one of my favorite examples of this is, y'all ever played Pokemon Go? Yes. All right. You're about to get nailed. <laughs> yes, yes. So the way Pokemon Go works is you remember Google Glass? Yeah. Right. Everybody looked like idiots wearing it. So what Google did was they said, well, listen, what we're going to do is we're going to take the software from Google Glass and we're going to put it inside Pokemon Go. So you think that you're playing a game. You're not. They're actually seeing, will you go knock on Mr. Mittendorf's door not knowing who he is for a little reward? Or we got paid $2.50 to send you to Sonic to go, you know, get your reward or whatever. And maybe while you're there, you're buying a drink. But you think you're playing a game. This is all behavioral manipulation and it's got to stop. That's fascinating. Yeah, it, it runs pretty deep. I mean, just lack of regulation on the internet is, is you're right, it is the biggest thing facing us because we're so more and more and more online and everything has become online. I mean, look at shopping. Amazon knows exactly what I want all yeah. the time Yeah, because I'm constantly on there. I don't actually, like, I don't, if I need to get, I, I, I literally just got shirts the other day uh, through Amazon and, like, now they know that about me. They know all kinds of stuff, games that we play, um, when you're on Facebook and you see something going around that's like, hey, what was your first car? Things like that. That's people trying to mine for data, data. for yeah. passwords, for all of that stuff. And for a lot of people who wow. have like Alexa, for example, yeah. they're like, oh, well, you know, Alexa's keeping track of whatever. Uh, but the reality is, is that there's somebody in quality control that's listening to you. Um, and the more specific your conversation, the greater the odds that somebody's listening to you in quality control because they know that Alexa can pick up the car is red. Those are pretty generic adjectives and nouns. But John Mittendorf at Nazarene Church in Northwest Oklahoma City has some specific things that they need to make sure Alexa picked up correctly. Yeah. So there was a reporter who asked for all the information they had on her from Alexa. She got 4,000 pages worth of information, including questions, uh, conversations between her and her husband in different rooms of the house. So it, Unbelievable. yeah, it is, and nobody knows it, and we're all being exploited and without our knowledge. Yeah, it's that feeling that you get when you're like, "Hey, I just had this conversation about I don't know yeah. Salisbury steaks," and then it I was pops on. Up. Yeah, it pops up somewhere, and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, because so, I have I have three Alexas. Yeah, yeah, in my life. Here. I have one in here. I'm surprised she hasn't <laughs> chimed in. Hey, everybody. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Amazon. <laughs> we love you. So I like to come in here when Zach's not here. Open the door and say, "Hey, Alexa." Play bagpipe music. <laughs> wait, wait. By the way, it uh -oh. might happen. There, there it is. you go. Oh. I don't really want her to do it. I guess we're going to hear she, a little bit of She it. is listening. Yep, she is lit. There's the bagpipes. Okay, there it is. <laughs> Alexa, stop. <laughs> so I do that in the hopes that he'll get ads asking if he wants to buy. By the way, did you know that the, the, the nickname for a bagpipe is a doodle sack? I did not, but, but I recently ever. looked up to purchase one because I was like, how much is a bagpipe? <laughs> That's really weird. They're 150 bucks. They're not that expensive. Really? Very yeah. achievable. Yeah. Very achievable a hobby. a lot more to pay for the lessons. Today. Yeah, probably. not be embarrassing with a doodle sack. And I don't yeah. know where you would practice that either. You're not practicing that in the house. No, you know? no. Lori would have none of that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Um, in five years... 
Colin Walkie will be doing what? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Okay. Uh, you know, I've always wondered about that question about where are you going to be in five years? Because I don't know. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I used to think that I was um, somehow screwing up my life because I didn't have a plan, a long-term plan. Uh, but I was listening to the CEO of Slack. And he said, you know, as a company, we actually only do plans six months out. Because so much changes in that Absolutely time period. Right. Um, you know, if you would have asked me in 2012, 2012 if I was going to run for office, I would have said no. Right. Um, so life changes, things change. I have no idea. But the one thing that I can promise is that Lori and I will still be doing the work, whatever that looks like. That's great. Okay, then I'm going to ask you a little different question. Um, what do you want to be true of your life or of your character that maybe is not set in stone right now. Yeah. Um, honestly, that I walked humbly, did justice and loved mercy. You know, um, I think that too often, especially in politics, we have egos that get involved and there are plenty of legislators out there with good hearts that are trying to do the work that are there for the policy um, but I want people to say, you know, Colin wasn't perfect, but he tried. Yeah. Um, and, and I really, I think if we gave us all more grace, if we all played gracefully with ideas a little bit better, that this world would be a lot kinder place. So I hope that people will at least say nice things about me and maybe say, you know, Colin taught me to be a little bit more skeptical about everything. Mm. Um, skepticism is a lost art. Um, it astonishes me even when I see friends that just reshare things that are blatantly false. Right. And it's like, how? Right. Um, so I wish, you know, Jesus asked questions. Socrates asked questions. The Buddha asked questions. Right. Questions are how we get to the truth. James Baldwin, the novelist, said um, that the purpose of art is to lay bare the questions which have been hidden by the answers. Because questions are where the beauty is. That's where the truth is. And too often we speak in declarative sentences. And so I hope that maybe they will say he, he did justice, justice, walked humbly with his God and loved mercy. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Okay, so um, you'd fit really nicely here. And I haven't cleared this with Reverend Dr. Walkie yet. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a conflict. <laughs> right, uh, but... I just want issue. you to know you'd always be welcome. Well, if you ever you. get tired of the pastoring or the preaching, <laughs> well, I might come here just for some anonymity. How's hey, that? Yeah, yeah you uh, can have that go. too. Uh, although after this, I mean, there will be literally dozens and dozens of people who will hear this podcast. <laughs> well, you know, I, I had, Josh West and I. We do a podcast every week called Inside the Capital. Oh, okay. And uh, we probably have the same listenership as you guys uh, in terms of numbers. But we we jazz those up, and every you know uh, week it, the numbers get bigger. It started out a million listeners, and we're up to a billion now. So <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. we're somewhere around a trillion. A yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I get that. Okay. <laughs> Inside the Capitol, C A P I T O L. Yep, yep. Oh, well, you can check okay. it out on Spotify or on the House website. Yeah. Okay, wow. I like that. Well. Yeah, we try and bring in a different rep, uh, both on a D and the R side. Um, obviously, the more R's, so some of those episodes just ours on there from the rural parts and the urban parts we talk about random things you know what's it like to be up here specific legislation what we've been doing because we want people get give people an inside view of what's actually going on oh i'd yeah. like that i didn't yeah. know that yeah so uh call it a kajillion plus one there you go, there you go. Got yeah. another one. maybe plus two if john yeah. i didn't want to speak for john yeah oh yeah no, I'll, no I'll so plus two like add two to that yeah. Colin, we, we like to end our podcast sort of the same way every time. And it's interesting to have you here and just to talk to you pre-recording and all that. 
I was just talking to my wife the other day about just how bleak it seems in the political landscape, um, particularly in Washington, but even in our own state, um, where it just feels like, what's the point? What's the point of caring about mm-hmm. this? What's the point? Because it just seems like nothing gets done. It seems like it's just it's just jockeying for position. It's just who's going to be the most outrageous, um, all of that. Where can our listeners, but more specifically, where can I start to find hope um, in terms of politics and our future as a country and a state, all of it? So I think there's a couple of different aspects of that, right? So the first one is, is like Jesus said, the poor shall always be with you. We will never come up with a utopia. There will always be work to be done. Um, I think that's just a fundamental aspect of how slow we evolve socially in response to how quick we develop technologically. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's always going to be that imbalance that we're going to have to do something. The second aspect I would say is, is that we have to take a more historical perspective because yes, it feels bleak. It looks bleak. But in the 1850s, there was a United States congressman that entered the U.S. Senate and beat another senator almost to death with a cane. You could look at President Andrew Jackson, who had an alleyway shootout. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could look at how the National Guard was called into Louisiana nearly a century ago to oversee elections. Or if you're not a fan of Governor Stitt and you think he's exceeded his authority, you could look back to Alfalfa Bill Murray the governor in Oklahoma who declared martial law to control oil and gas prices. My point is, is that history shows that politics have never been clean. Mm. I do share your concern that I think we're facing a different kind of politics today, not just a different quality of politics because of the internet. And so when people say, well, you know, where, where do I look for hope? Because you're right. Realistically, uh, you know, if I had my druthers, Kendra Horn's going to be our next U.S. Senator. Mm -hmm. Is that going to happen? I think statistically, it's a long shot. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reason why you do the work isn't necessarily for the outcome, but for the solidarity and and to help spread that hope yourself with other people. Um, Just because we don't get everything we want doesn't mean that there aren't things that we can get that we do want. And it's those areas that eventually the tide will turn. I mean, Oklahoma was a democratic state for a century. It's going to go back to a more balanced state within the next decade would be my guess, because at some point in time, Oklahomans have to wake up and realize, wait a minute, there's been a supermajority and a Republican governor for the last 12 years and our lives aren't better. Right. So I, I think that things will change. We just have to remain ever hopeful. And if you say, well, where do I find that hope? I say, look to your faith or look to your motivations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, if you're doing it for yourself, you're probably not in the right business. If you're mm-hmm. doing it for others, there's always work to be done. Mm-hmm. Are you hopeful? I am hopeful. Uh, I, I, I don't describe myself as an optimist or a pessimist. Mm-hmm. Um, I describe myself as a pragmatist, yeah. um, and that's probably what's helped me to survive six years in the legislature. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so as a result of that, I, I realize I'm not going to get what I want done, but I can do other things. I can be productive uh, for other people and to help other people. Okay. So you are not interested in announcing your run for any other office here on this? <laughs> no. You are willing no. to be the launch pad for... Walkie for attorney general, walkie for <laughs> governor. Yeah, governor, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, high. and again, if, if there was a shot, I might consider it, but I'm a pragmatist. So, <laughs> But you really do feel like that things will balance over the next decade. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they have to. I mean, I think that people are going to realize that they keep sending people up there to vote on stupid bills only to realize it's not helping to bring home the bacon back home. Yeah, um, We're not seeing improvements in education like we need to see, especially in the rural communities. Um, and so I do think that things are going to change. I think, if nothing else, the extreme tilt to the right that we have seen nationally, just like it hurt Democrats under Bill Clinton, is going to hurt Republicans under Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you're going to start seeing people going, listen, I don't care that this person's a Democrat. They're at least more in line with most of my beliefs. Yeah. And we have to quit playing teams, right? If you ask the majority of Republicans, would you ever vote for a Democrat? Publicly, they would say no. If you ask the majority of Democrats, you're going to get the exact same answer. And that ought to terrify everybody that's listening to this right now, yeah. because it means that teams are more important than character or even ideas. Whoa. That's what it feels like yeah. right now. It yeah. also feels and that's because like, of gerrymandering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you about that. So uh, gerrymandering, I guess it, you would call it on the federal level, or at least where the federal offices are concerned. There's a court case right now. Um, what are the chances that, as in other states, uh, the Supreme Court might say, no, you guys have gone too far with your political gerrymandering, and we're going to overturn what you've done here in Oklahoma? Yeah, I think it's pretty slim, and I want to make a differentiation. Uh, you know, at the state level, I will say this. I don't feel like politics played a major role. The problem is is, is that the districts were already gerrymandered. Right. So my district got safer. Every Democrat's district got safer. Every Republican's district got safer, right? And that's not a good thing. But I wasn't politically driven. Right. Um, it was. It really was practical. At so the like federal level. Smoothing out lines a little bit. That's so right. It seemed like. At the federal level, with the redistricting of CD5. Unbelievable. Yes. It uh, it looks really bad. They have some legs to stand on statistically for what they did. Um, but it is kind of astonishing that it got broken up the way that it did. For, for our listeners, can you just give a very brief yeah. elevator explanation of this? Yeah. So basically, they redid the, di- the congressional districts, for which we have five. And I think it was CD3 now goes all the way from Guymon, Oklahoma, to South Oklahoma City. Right. I don't know if y'all have been to Guymon six hours away, but if you have, there ain't a lot in common with Southside Oklahoma City. Right. And they did that specifically to make CD5, which was held by Kendra Horn, is now held by Representative Stephanie Bice, to make that seat safer for her because they saw the trend was going Democratic, which is why Kendra won. Right. Um, and so what they did was they cut out the south side of Oklahoma City, which they presume it's all held by Democrats, would be a Democratic bastion in the next election. And so consequently, they've gerrymandered that so that CD5 is now safe for Republican and CD3 is safe for Republican because they divided up part of the city. Yikes. Yeah, and it's that same kind of map making that's been overturned in courts uh, a few times i yeah. think three or four times yeah but- i mean even the, i mean just this year democrats i forget which state but democrats that controlled they got their map reversed in a republican right. state got theirs reversed it's washington. as well it was it washington mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i i you know and i know our I know we, we had some folks here that were working on that case. I just didn't know what the status of the case was. Yeah, and I don't either. But And I will also say this. The proof is in the pudding that it's about power and not party. For sure. Democrats are doing the exact same thing. And that was my debate against the congressional map was somebody had said, well, the Democrats are doing this in Chicago. And my response was, I don't care. Let's Doesn't be the big right. boys. Two wrongs don't That's make right. a right. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I think it's time for America's, Canada's, Oklahoma's favorite game, Rapid Fire Questions. We have not prepared Representative Walkie in any way for these. He truly has no clue what we're about to ask him. 
and per use, as the kids say, John. Age Is that be- what the kids are still saying? Like, no, they don't, don't say if- that at okay. all. No, all right. but age before beauty. All right. It's all you. Uh, do you play a musical instrument? I do, pathetically. Which one? Guitar. Which musical instrument do you wish you could play, and did you already tip your hand earlier in our conversation? Oh, I didn't. Cello. Okay. Did I say something else earlier? Yeah, I thought you might say bagpipe. Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> uh, cello. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, what is something that just completely weirds you out? Tissues. I just have a tissue phobia. Really? And I, yes. What? I think it, it, think it stems from when I was a kid at Whitewater and I'd see tissues in the water and it just, so yeah, tissues. Why were there tissues in the water? I don't know, man. That's the gross part. <laughs> hey, I well, think I would the water feel. was the gross part. <laughs> <laughs> that is some gross water. water. So I use paper towels, toilet paper, but no tissues. No yep. tissues. Yeah, Kleenex, not your thing. Not my thing. Okay. Um, member of the Oklahoma legislature that you'd most like to go play around a golf with. Ooh, well, since I loathe golf, uh, I would uh, want... Drive across the <laughs> state with. <laughs> yeah. Josh West, the majority okay, leader for the Republicans. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Uh, this one, we might have to circle back to because it is a weird question, but uh, what what's the weird? What's the worst band name you've ever heard? Weezer. We Oh, you don't like you Weezer? That? Yeah. <laughs> that is kind of a name. dumb <laughs> band name. John, do you have an answer for this? I'm really interested to know. I'm going to go with Weezer as well. You, you don't like Weezer? Actually, I... Uh, Big Head Todd the Monsters was never Ooh. quite made oh, a sense I got gotcha. you. I was going to say, I have two. Either Hoobastank from uh, the mid-2000s right. or uh, what, what are they called? Toad and the Wet Sprocket. Oh, Toad and the Wet Sprocket. Sorry, Toad Ken. Sprocket a producer, a Ken. Phenomenal band. However. They're great. They're awesome. Weird name. name. Not my favorite name. <laughs> Very good. All right. You and Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie have, uh, I'm going to give you three scenarios. An unlimited debit card to go eat as a gift from your the people in either in your congregation or, or in your, your district. And then you, uh, the gift card's 50, and then the gift card's 20. I want to know where you're going to go eat with each of those gift cards. Ooh, Very that's, a good, that's yeah. a good one. Uh, well, late. with the expensive one and the uh, prices being what they are right now for beef, I'd say Clark Crew. Okay. Yeah. Very uh, good. For the $50 one, I'm going to go with the Red Rooster. Okay. okay. And with the $25 one, I'm going to go with Chipotle. God. Nails, all Love of them you. nails. <laughs> Love you. Uh, if you could go on vacation with any cast of any TV show, who would you go with? Oh wow, another good. Breaking question. out some new ones. I've heard that one before. The Office. Okay, yeah, that's, so, that's, a good yes. one. that's a good one. <laughs> yes, that yes. that and Parks and Rec, and I don't even yeah. need. If we could other. do it, yeah. If we could do just a big family reunion with those two, I'd be. <laughs> yeah, good. yeah. How many more are we doing? Uh, you won. I'll do. I'll finish it. Wait, I'm gonna, I gotta finish with my uh, with my uh, guitar thing. Okay, right. John, so are you we, go. You go. Ahead. Are we having a fight right no, now? No, you go ahead. We having no. You go. I'll go. You go. Okay. Right. Yeah, leaving it. Yeah, all I want in. three questions. I want leaving it all. Something in. that the public doesn't know, but really needs to know about Reverend Doctor Lori Walker. Ooh, very dangerous. Uh, I would say that she is. Uh, she is someone for whom you do not want to interrupt her sleep. Yes. <laughs> As I learned again this morning. Uh, so she is very protective of her sleep. Yeah. That's a great answer. <laughs> My wife is the exact same. Very good. Uh, okay. What, in your opinion, or where, is the best French fry? Oh. Ooh, that's a good one. It is a good one. You know, I got to say, McDonald's. 
When it's right, it's I'm right. I'm telling you. When it's on, it's on. <laughs> when it's just the right. I think we're at three for three with McDonald's on this question. Temperature and saltiness. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, when it's on, can't. it's on. The science, of, they, they figured out how to do addict you on that. You got to go with the OG yeah. McDonald's. Yeah. That's right. All right. Last Ready? one. You're in a rock band, and the show is at its crescendo, and the crowd's going nuts, and you know that when you play this one song, you're going to kind of lose it. You play the guitar, you're going to lose it, and you or are going to smash this guitar on the way off the stage. What song is it? Uh, when We Were Young by Adele. Oh. <laughs> How's that for random? That's, wow, hold on. In my head, there's a song, We we Were Young by The Killers, and I was like, wow, great choice. Yeah. And then you just zagged on me. <laughs> I wonder yeah. how many guitars get smashed at Adele. Yeah, probably concert. not many. Yeah. Probably not many. But here, here's, here's the reason. You know, I liked that song when Adele did it, but here's the reason why it came to mind is because I saw on Twitter a video of Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters playing that song with his daughter singing it. Yeah. And so I was oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is good. Yeah. God, dude. So it made me have a whole different perspective on it. Love me yeah. some Dave Grohl. Me too. That's, That's right. I mean, Best of You is the one I would kind of mm -hmm. smash on my way off. Yeah. You know, Classic. Well, well, thank you guys very much for having me and for what you're doing. I mean, I, I think that podcasts are great because they're the long form discussions that give people an idea that we're not two dimensional beings out there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, no matter how many people hear it, even if it's one, that's it's somebody that I hope can take away something because I've taken away something from today and um, appreciate you all having me on very much. Of course. Well, we, we wonder two things then. Thank you for saying that. Like, can you help us push this thing? Like you have some social media outlets, but we're also thinking about a season of cross potting oh yes cross pod season and we think it might be fun maybe to do one with uh, other folks who have podcasts and then double use the content or something like yeah, that yeah be interesting absolutely sometime. yeah be yeah fun. we'd be down for that cross pod yeah. nation here yeah. we come yeah it sounds a little dirty but i think it still yeah. sounds dirty but yeah. i like it <laughs> it's fine hey thanks for coming buddy. thank you all very much great to work with you